The information provided on this podcast is not legal advice and is intended for the sole purpose of providing education and legal information. Laws change over time, and the information provided on this podcast may not be up to date. We make no warranty, express or implied, regarding the information provided by our team or our guests on this podcast. The information should not be construed as legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship with us or any of our guests on the podcast. If you would like to consult with an attorney, please call 1-800-VICTIMS. That's 1-800-842-8467 for attorney referral contact information. This podcast provides a platform for the exchange of ideas and information to help educate crime victims on their rights. Some content will include topics and materials that may involve descriptions of violence or assaults, which can be distressing to victims and survivors. It may also impact service providers experiencing vicarious trauma. This is Season 2 of Knowledge is Power, Victim to Survivor, a podcast series where we help victims understand their rights so they can go from victims to survivors. On this episode, we'll discuss the Safe at Home program with Liz Hall. Welcome in everyone. It's me once again, your humble host, Nima Malavi with the Victims of Crime Resource Center. And it's today my pleasure to welcome in Liz Hall into the podcast. Liz is the program director for the Safe at Home program. Liz, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast here today. Thank you, Nima. It's a pleasure to be here. And I do want to say uh, this is a great service you provide people, and I'm honored to be able to speak about the Safe at Home program. Well, thank you, Liz. It's a pleasure to, uh, to have you on the show here today. I, Thank you. I, you're welcome. I, I would like to start um, by asking you about the Safe at Home program. Um, what is it and how can it uh, benefit crime victims? The Safe at Home program is a state mandated program that provides a substitute or alternate mailing address for victims and survivors of specific crimes, their family members and household members. It is also available for reproductive health care workers and public health officials. One of the biggest benefits it can provide crime victims is a sense of personal security. Uh, We know that there are many programs available to victims and survivors, and when used as part of an overall personal safety plan, the Safe at Home program can provide those victimized by sexual assault, domestic violence, stalking, human trafficking, or elder and dependent adult abuse a way to protect their address from those who have previously harmed them. California's Safe at Home program was established in 1999 and is administered by the Secretary of State's office. Uh, I should also mention that many states throughout the U.S. have similar programs. Within the U.S. currently, there are 38 states with address confidentiality programs that provide a substitute mailing address for individuals victimized by specific crimes, and ours uh, in California is one of the oldest. And there is a national association uh, called the National Association of Confidential Address Programs, which was established to represent the interest of all programs and provides a forum for representatives from all participating states to meet and discuss common issues. California was a founding member of this organization known as NACAP and remains active in the organization today. So what this means for those who participate in our program is that because we have this great collaboration, should they move to another state, we can help connect them to that state's address confidentiality program if they have one. Oh, that's really helpful to know um, that that it sort of um, can be transferred or you can collaborate with other states and then offer the same services. That's very helpful to know. Um, Yeah. Now, I know that you touched on this a little bit in in our first uh, question, Liz, but but can you uh, maybe Mm -hmm. go back through and, and... and tell our audience, you know, who is eligible to enroll in the program? Uh, those who are eligible are victims and survivors of domestic violence, stalking, sexual assault, 
human trafficking, and elder and dependent abuse. Uh, in addition, re reproductive health care facility employees, providers, patients, and volunteers are eligible to enroll. And just recently, effective September 23rd, 2020, local health officers and other public health officials are now eligible to enroll. This group is currently being subject to threats and other harassment in connection to their work in protecting public health against COVID-19. And so public health officials will not be permanently eligible for our program. Uh, because this group was established per executive order N8020 in response to the COVID-19 pandemic. Now, Liz, are there any costs or uh, fees to enroll in the Safe at Home program? That's a good question, and the answer is no. The Safe at Home program is provided free of charge to those who qualify. And what does the timeline look like for enrolling in the program, sort of from the application to the approval? How long does that take? Well, to start, an applicant meets with a victim assistance counselor or advocate from any one of our 290 enrolling agencies located throughout California to complete and submit an application. After the necessary information has been collected, the enrolling agency's advocate submits the completed application to Safe at Home. After we receive that application, we review the application and verify, verify its completeness. Occasionally, we find it necessary to reach out to the applicant or the enrolling agency and request missing information. Depending on how complete the application is, an application can be processed in as little as two weeks or take up to 45 days or longer. Our goal is always to reduce the timeline as much as we can, and we regularly remind enrolling agencies to make every effort to submit completed applications to us. I should also mention the timeline can be impacted by the number of applications being processed during that time period. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, since the Safe at Home program is a confidential mail forwarding service, uh, I, I guess it would be natural to then ask, what kind of mail does the Safe at Home program forward? We will forward all first-class registered and certified mail. I should also tell you what we do not forward, mm -hmm. which are packages, periodicals, catalogs, prescriptions, liquids, or fragile items. And that's primarily because we have limited mailroom space and there is a liability risk with some of these items. Mm. Okay. Um, so, so now you've talked about the timeline and what kind of mail is forwarded. Um, how does our audience go about actually applying and getting approved for the program? All right, for anyone out there who is interested in applying, you should go to your nearest Safe at Home enrolling agency to meet with a victim assistance counselor or advocate who, in addition to working with you to develop a safety plan, will explain the Safe at Home program to you, will help you determine your eligibility for our program, and will assist you in completing the application form. The advocate is the person who submits your application to Safe at Home. And these advocates really do a lot for safe at home applicants and participants, and we are very grateful to them. Uh, normally, this meeting with the advocate is done in person, uh, but due to COVID-19, we understand that enrolling agency staff are working remotely. And so, therefore, we have made a special allowance and are currently allowing for this meeting to be done over the phone if needed. Our hope is that this will help ensure that no one is prevented from applying to safe at home due to COVID-19 risks or restrictions. Okay, so, so you mentioned that um, the process for applying involves um, sort of finding an enrolling agency and then having the enrolling, ag enrolling agency apply on the person's behalf. Is that right? 
Yes. So then I guess my next question was, how does, how does a victim or, or someone who wants to apply, how do they go about finding one of these um, enrolling agencies? Uh, the best way is on a Safe at Home website, which has a link to find an enrolling agency. You click on that link and you'll be able to select your county to find enrolling agencies in your county. To access our website, you would go to www.sos.ca.gov and then click on Safe at Home. If for some reason you're not able to access our website, you can always call our toll-free number at 1-877-322-5227. And so, Liz, how long can a participant participate in the Safe at Home program? Well, once someone is enrolled into our program, they are certified for four years. After the four-year period, they may renew their certification. We will send a renewal application to participants toward the end of their four-year term, and there's no limit to how many times they may renew their enrollment in our program. And if there are anyone uh, out there that are listening that would like to become uh, an enrolling agency, or if there are any, rather, organizations that would like to become enrolling agencies, can you explain the process for, for going about doing that? Yes, and I'm so glad you asked because we would love to expand our network of enrolling agencies to reach more potential participants. Uh, enrolling agencies assist applicants with determining if Safe at Home is a good fit in their safety plan and with completing applications. To become a Safe at Home enrolling agency, the organization must be a government agency or a nonprofit organization that provide counseling, referral, shelter, or other specialized services to the victims and survivors that Safe at Home serves. It's easy to apply to become an enrolling agency. Uh, they just have to complete the application on our website and submit it by mail or email. And once the enrolling agency staff who will work with Safe at Home applicants attends a training session, the organization will be a designated enrolling agency for two years with the option to renew every two years. So if anyone in your audience has questions about becoming an, an enrolling agency, they may email us at ea inquiries at sos.ca.gov or call us at 1-877-322-5227. And I will certainly refer any uh, agencies um, to, to the numbers that you provided. Great. So what kind of services are, are available under the Safe at Home program? Our program provides confidential mailing, mail forwarding in which a participant receives a substitute mailing address. We at Safe at Home receive their mail through the substitute mailing address, and then we forward the mail to the participant's actual mailing address. Our program also serves as an agent for service of process for participants. This means that Safe at Home staff at the state may accept notice of legal action on behalf of a participant. Then we forward these legal documents to the participant. And lastly, we provide the use of the designated substitute mailing address with California state, county, and city government agencies, excluding death, fetal death, birth, marriage, and divorce certificate. And um, in, in addition to enrolling in the Safe at Home program, are there any additional steps that a, a participant um, can take to keep their address uh, safe from like public record or public disclosure? Yes, there are several things participants can do to keep their address from public records. The first is a participant can register as a confidential voter. 
This will keep a participant's personal voter information, including address, confidential and not available in public records. The second is to request a Department of Motor Vehicles records suppression. This allows participants to suppress their driver's license and vehicle registration records if they meet the required criteria. Third, a participant can petition a California Supreme Court for a confidential name change. This allows participants to take a legal step in safeguarding their identity and location when a participant obtains a confidential name change. And when they do that, the court by law must keep the current legal name of the petitioner confidential. They cannot publish or post the name in the court's calendars, indexes, or registers of actions, or in any other place in which it might be accessible to the public. In addition, the proposed new name is not put into the court records at all and does not have to be published. Fourth, a participant can request a confidential vehicle smog certificate. This will keep a participant's vehicle smog information, including address, confidential and not available in public records. And lastly, participants can request online privacy protection. This enables participants to have their home address and home phone number removed from public posting or display on websites. So once a participant is enrolled into the Safe at Home program, they're provided information about all of these options, but it really is up to the participant to initiate and complete their request with the applicable California agencies. If participants have questions about any of these options, they are welcome to contact Safe at Home at 1-877-322-5227. What organizations, either public organizations or private, are required to um, to accept a participant's Safe at Home uh, program address? Well, all California state, county, and city government agencies and California courts must accept the safe at home designated mailing address as the participant's actual residence address. And this does include public schools. And uh, can a crime victim's family members also enroll in the program? Great question, and the answer is yes. Under most circumstances, household members of a current safe at home participant who is enrolled as a victim of domestic violence, sexual assault, stalking, human trafficking, or elder abuse may enroll as participants themselves. For those household members of participants who are enrolled as reproductive health care workers or public health officials, they are not eligible to participate unless they independently qualify. And regarding minor children, participants of all victim types may enroll his or her, her children into the program. We do advise our participants to speak uh, with their victim assistance counselor at their enrolling agency um, to talk about household members who would like to enroll so that they can advise them on specific safe at home rules and requirements. Mm -hmm. Are there any um, misconceptions about the safe at home program, about what it, what it does or what it can do? Yes, I'm glad you asked, Nima. Sometimes there is a misconception that the Safe at Home program serves as a witness protection program. It does not, which means it cannot hide participants or help them change their identity, social security numbers, or, like, or location. Another misconception is that the Safe at Home program can remove or delete existing public information, which we are not able to do. And one last misconception is that the Safe at Home program can provide legal advice, and again, we're not able to do that. Okay, so Liz, are there any organizations, either public or private, that can refuse to accept the safe-at-home uh, address? 
Well, federal government agencies, private organizations, and businesses are not required to accept a safe at home designated mailing address. The safe at home program is not authorized to make demands of these entities, but we can certainly encourage the acceptance of the safe at home mailing address. And I should also add that California law does give safe at home participants the right to hold organizations and businesses liable for publication of their confidential information under certain circumstances. So what we do is we encourage our participants to seek legal counsel to assist them with asserting their rights under California law. I see. That's very interesting. What can uh, participants do if they do find their um, address or other contact information uh, online or, or made, made available to the public? Well, if the participant took the additional steps I mentioned previously, then he or she should immediately contact those applicable state agencies. Uh, if they have not taken those steps, then they should really consider taking those additional steps. Uh, and then by requesting the online privacy protection, they should be able to have their home address and home phone number removed from public posting or display on websites. Uh, for audience members that, that might have uh, some additional questions about the Safe at Home program, uh, what is the best way to, um, to contact the Safe at Home program? Your audience members are welcome to call our toll-free number at 1-877-322-5227, or they can contact us by email at safeathome at sos.ca.gov. And then I'd also like to leave my number with you as well, and that's 916-695-1179. Liz, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you coming on the, um, on the recording here today and, and um, sharing the information about the program. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Now that you've heard the show, please take a moment to rate and review it. And if you have any questions about any of the information you heard today, you can reach the Victims of Crime Resource Center at 1-800-842-8467. Or you can reach us online at 1-800-VICTIMS.org or Facebook at Victims of Crime Resource Center or Twitter at 1-800-VICTIMS. If you haven't had a chance, please take a look at some of the other episodes in our series. Thanks for listening.